Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. And I want to thank you for joining that mission this year, the year of 2023. Over the years, I've had listeners tune in from 139 different countries. And I especially want to thank my listeners in the US, Thailand, Australia, UK, and Canada. And I'd like to give a shout out to my listeners in India, Switzerland, Philippines, and Germany. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A Stotts Academy. And today I'm reviewing my top guest lists of 2023. This list is based on three criteria. First, listeners' opinions, as represented in a number of downloads for that episode. Second, my assessment of the episode and the value that it can add to our mission of helping 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. And third, well, just the ones I enjoyed the most. So let's get into it. In 2023, I released about 160 My Worst Investment Ever podcast episodes, and this is a list of some of my and my listeners' favorite. I've also created a free Top 27 from 2023 playlist where you can listen to and view this curated list for free. Just go to myworstinvestmentever.com and click the button that says Top 27 from 2023. Since starting this podcast, I've published 760 episodes, and I look forward to continuing this journey in 2024. I welcome you on this journey to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. So let's get into it. I've put these into an order of 27 episodes, and I want to go down until we get to number one. And the first one I want to kick off with is episode 674. I rank this as number 25. Jesse Felder. And Jesse started his career at Bear Stearns and co-founded a multi-billion dollar hedge fund firm at the time. He left Wall Street to focus on the Felder Report and host the Super Investors podcast. You can also find him very active on Twitter. So what was Jesse's story? Well, Jesse found a cigar butt of a stock. That's what Warren Buffett used to say, is that he looked for cigar butts on the ground that had some puffs left to him. And that was cheap, and it performed extraordinarily well in just a few months after he took a sizable position. A friend then convinced him to hold the stock for the long term instead of the short term as he planned. But the Obama administration at the time had passed some legislation that affected this business. What it was, was a private education business, a private university. And when the government stopped funding student loans for private universities, basically the stock collapsed. And Jesse lost about 50% of his investment. So what was the lesson that he learned? Don't rationalize a bad trade, just get out. And be very, very careful when you're in a situation where the government is supporting an industry. This also taught me a lesson, and I think it can teach you a lesson with the idea that don't sell to people who don't have money. That's what I got from it. And I, in fact, stopped doing some marketing activities to students just because I realized, look, they just don't have money, unfortunately. So let's talk about 
on the list of 27, number 21. This is episode 695, Jack Farley. And Jack is the host of a Forward Guidance podcast, which I listen to all the time. Love his podcast. He's interested in all things about liquidity, macro, and central banking. You can also find him on Twitter. Now, Jack bought a lot of put options on the market and individual stocks, notably Tesla, in February of 2020 when the market was bearish. When the market crashed in March 2020, Jack made so much money on paper. But soon the market started going up and his position dropped to zero. So what did he learn? Well, don't view the market as a place to create wealth. View it as a place to grow your wealth. And don't confuse being lucky with being an intelligent investor. Next is number 20 on the list. And this is episode 739, William Cohen. And for nearly two decades, William Cohen was a Wall Street investment banker and is now a New York Times bestselling author of seven nonfiction narratives, including Power Failure, which is a story about the history of GE. I enjoyed my conversation with William so much that I went out and got the audible book of Power Failure. Now, this audible book is a 27-hour tome, and I have to admit that I'm now at about hour number 23 or 24. So I can tell you, he's written this book very great. You know, it's very, it's a cliffhanger. Of course, it's for people that are interested in understanding the history of GE, how it was started, what the developments were like, what it was like under the Jack Welch years, what was it like under the Jeffrey Immelt years, and where is the company now? So let's look at his story. In 1990, William asked a trader to buy him 10 shares in Berkshire Hathaway. He was thinking that a share was selling at $1,200, only to be told that it was $12,000. He decided to keep two shares and sold the other eight. Had William invested that much, which would have been $120,000 for those 10 shares in Berkshire Hathaway in 1990 and held them, they would be worth about $7.4 million today. <laughs> what was his lesson? Well, get the numbers right before you invest. Hmm. I'd like to go to number 17. This is episode 719 with David Cass. Dr. David Cass received his PhD in business economics from Harvard University and has published articles in corporate finance, industrial organization, and health economics. He teaches financial management at the University of Maryland and has been blogging about Warren Buffett for more than a decade. In fact, he told some great stories of how he took students to meet Warren Buffett. And yeah, that was pretty cool. So that's right there is a fun one to listen to. So what was his story? In his early 20s, David invested $2,000 in a company paying out high dividends. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old David is, but I can tell you that when he was 20, $2,000 was worth a lot. So he invested in a company paying out high dividends, but only after he invested did he realize that none of the senior executives in the company owned any shares. Soon enough, the stock went down to zero due to accounting fraud. So what was the lessons that he learned? Only invest in a company if senior executives, especially the CEO, own a significant stake. The value of the CEO's stock in his own company to his annual salary should be at least three to one. So value of the stock, three for every one in compensation. Next, is on my countdown list is number 16. This is episode 667. And this is with Sri Viswanathan. And he 
is the founder and portfolio manager of SVN Capital, a Chicago-based, concentrated, long-only, global equity-focused fund. And Shree's biggest mistake was an era of omission. That is, after studying a particular business, he decided not to invest in it for various reasons. The stock turned out to be a multi-bagger a couple of years later. So what did he learn? The qualitative strengths of a company are not always readily apparent in the financials. Get out and work in business. It will make you a better analyst and an investor. Now, I also wanted to highlight that Shri introduced me to a study of 64,000 companies from the period 1990 to 2020, which showed that 57% of those stocks or companies underperform one month US treasury builds in compound returns. That's an incredible number that underperformed. Also, in that research, it showed that the top performing 2.4% of firms out of that 64,000, so let's say 1,500 firms, accounted for all of the $76 trillion of net global stock market wealth creation over the same period. I'll include a link to the study in the show notes so that you can learn more about it. But that taught me a lot about not worrying about a lot of companies and focusing on the ones that really add the most value. I've, in fact, brought that into my valuation masterclass lessons, that particular research. So let's continue on. Now in our countdown list, we're at number 14, and that's Peter Goldstein. He was episode 756. He's a seasoned entrepreneur. He's a capital markets expert and investor with over 35 years of diverse international business experience. He's CEO of Exchange Listing, LLC. And he's also written a book about the entrepreneur's journey to IPO, which I bought and I'm reading right now. And I hope to get him back on the show to talk about each of those steps. I think he's got a great insight. In fact, he recently listed a company from Malaysia, he told me. But what was his story? Well, he and four others put a significant amount of money into opening a facility selling cannabis in Long Beach, California, where I went to university. This was a time when cannabis was in great demand and was in the process of being legalized for recreational purposes. At the time, there were no clear regulations making compliance with the ever-changing rules costly to the point where the business was not making any money. What did you learn from this loss? Check your emotions at the door. Be cautious before you jump on a trend. Analyze and understand your risks. Get expert help if you don't understand the investment. Those are all great learnings from his episode. Oh, and our countdown list, we are now at number 11. This is Jack Schweiger. And Jack Schweiger is a recognized industry expert on futures and hedge funds and the author of the iconic Market Wizard series in which he has interviewed over 70 trading legends of our time. He's a partner and co-founder of fundseeder.com and you can also find him on Twitter. I've read pretty much all of the books that he's come out with. So it was really exciting getting him on the show. What was his story? Well, Jack stayed too long in a position where his short was the strongest and his long was the weakest. In other words, he was just getting crushed on the trade, even though he knew this wasn't the way to invest. What did we learn from that discussion? Never stay in a position that violates something that you believe in. In every position, know where you'll get out before you get in. Important, know where you get out before you get in. All right. 
In our countdown list, we're now down to number nine. This is episode 645, Larry Swedro. And Larry has authored or co-authored over a dozen books and is a master at reviewing the latest academic research. He's head of financial and economic research at Buckingham Wealth Partners. And most importantly, Larry's been gracing us with his presence to go through his book about investment mistakes. And every week or so, I've been able to release a conversation of Larry and myself going through one or two chapters. And for me, it's just been amazing. And there's so much that I'm learning from Larry. And I believe that you are too, as you listen. So check those out. In fact, I'm going to do some review of those in the near future where you can go through them. But what was the mistake? The worst investment ever? Well, Larry chose to invest in an individual bank stock in the mid 80s instead of following his gut to invest in a portfolio of stocks. The bank's president committed fraud and the bank went, well, bankrupt. Larry lost about 80% of his investment. What was his learning? Avoid idiosyncratic risk by hyper-diversifying your portfolio. Idiosyncratic risk means risk related to one individual company. If it all goes bad, then you're dead. No, don't do that. All right, I wanna mention number eight on the list, Chris Mamula. And after poor experience with, with the financial industry early in his professional life, Chris educated himself in investing and tax planning. He's a financial advisor and educator at Abundo Wealth. What was his story? Well, because Chris trusted his parents, he also blindly trusted their financial advisor. It was only after he stumbled upon better financial advice that Chris realized he wasted well over $100,000 in fees and another $100,000 in taxes by relying on that financial advisor. What was the learning from this? Gain financial literacy and take responsibility for your financial situation. Don't just trust financial advisors blindly. All right, the countdown list continues. We're at number seven. This is Swen Lorenz. And Swen has been a public equity investor and is the face of undervaluedshares.com. With his 30 years of experience, Swen finds exciting investment opportunities in very unexpected places. Sven had a 12.5% stake in a German fund management company that was performing well. A competitor wanted to buy up companies in that space and approached Sven to ask him to ask other shareholders if they would sell. The company didn't like this happened and they asked the regulator to look into Sven's affairs and accused him of all sorts of things. It was a contentious battle and it ended with Swen narrowly losing it, this proxy battle. And what was the lesson from this? Carefully consider the liquidity of the investments you're holding and also be careful. Going above the public disclosure threshold as an investor can be dangerous. For most people, you don't have to worry about this, right? Because you own a tiny percent of a massive company. But when you start to amass a reasonable amount of wealth or you're investing in small companies, you can hit a threshold. In some markets, it's 5%. In other markets, it's 10%, where you have to disclose that you've now accumulated a position. All right, the countdown continues to number five. This is episode 687, and it was with Richard Lawrence. He's the founder and executive chairman of Overlook Investment Groups, an independent fund management company established in Hong Kong in 1991. He also recently came out with his book, The Model, which was a great, great book. I highly recommend it. And I enjoyed it very much. And I'm friends with James Squire, who works there and has worked there for many years. 
In fact, James was a, a fund manager at Bearings in 1995 when I first went to Hong Kong to talk about Thai banks. And I remember meeting him. And then when he moved to Overlook, he's always been kind enough to invite me to come talk about the things that I'm seeing in the Thai equity market. And we've always had some great conversations there at the Overlook Investment Group offices, which is a beautiful, nice office in a small building, in a small road in Hong Kong, which I just find fascinating. But anyways, what was Richard's story? Well, Richard invested heavily in a successful Korean company that brought him great returns until the founder died. The son took over and brought the stock to its demise. And what did he learn? Well, if it's not working, get out. Invest in a company with no or minimal debt. And the third thing he mentioned was operating return, which he defined as EBIT, earnings before interest in taxes or operating profit divided by operating assets. I'll assume that operating assets mean total assets minus cash and minus long-term investments. And he says that's the purest way to measure profitability. All right, the countdown continues. We're now down to number three. This is episode 653. And this is Louis Vincent Gav. Really enjoyed this conversation. Have been following his work for many years. He's the CEO of GavCal, a Hong Kong-based company he co-founded over 20 years ago with his father. And what his story was about was that his father invested $1 million in a portfolio of 10 Asian companies. And he asked Louis to manage that portfolio. Of course, his father was thinking long-term and Louis was having a hard time dealing with this. This was a huge portfolio from his perspective in relation to the earnings he was making and all that. At that time, he was earning like $50,000 annually and had never owned a portfolio this big. And so he just felt so overwhelmed by managing and particularly his father's money that he would get sick and all that. And ultimately he had to get out of managing that because of the way he felt. But portfolio sizing matters tremendously. That's what he's learned. Also never under or over position yourself and finally invest with people who have experience. The countdown goes on and now we're down to number two. This is episode 689, Michael Howe. And Michael is CEO of Cross Border Capital, a London-based FCA registered independent research and investment company he founded in 1996. You can find him on Twitter where he's posting some really intriguing things. He is really a master of understanding fund flows and liquidity in the global markets. But what was his story? Well, it related to Thailand. Michael was once in a meeting with the governor of the Bank of Thailand who told him, they would cut interest rates the following week. Even though all possible data showed this would be a wrong move, Michael believed him. Well, the central bank didn't lower the rates and instead it increased them. This reminded me of my experience early on in Thailand where you were often misled either because there was an attempt to mislead you or because the person really didn't know what they were talking about. So, what was the learning? Don't listen to what people say, particularly central bankers. Watch what they do. When participating in macro investing, understand where you are in the liquidity cycle and where investors are positioned. This is critical to understand kind of where markets are going and how they're going to flow, you know, how money is going to flow into those markets. So finally, number one, episode 751, Luke Groman. 
Luke has 25 years of experience in equity research, equity research sales, and as a macrothematic analyst. He's also very active on Twitter. And I have to say that I really enjoyed this episode because I admire Luke. He's got such great ideas and I just think that he's an original thinker. And so I was really happy to get him on the show. He also is living in the Cleveland area, which is very close to where I grew up in Hudson, Ohio. So there, I just felt like, you know, I really enjoyed watching him grow over the years. But here's his story. As a young man, Luke put a large portion of his savings in a private equity investment because it had a great founder who had previously created and sold some tech companies. Additionally, one of Luke's dearest friends went to work there. So he thought he had kind of the inside scoop of what was happening inside the company. However, he didn't realize that the company was overvalued. So when the founder couldn't raise funding, the company collapsed and Luke lost all the money he put in there. Now it happened when he was a young man, so it wasn't like it was a tremendous amount of money, but it was very meaningful for him at the time. What was the learning? Well, position sizing is crucial. Don't get too excited and emotionally committed to an investment. Be careful when investing in illiquid assets because you can get trapped easily in them. Woo, what a great list. And I didn't even talk about many of them on this list of 27. Again, I've created a free top 27 from 2023 playlist that you can go and just go to my worstinvestmentever.com and click the button that says top 27 from 2023. And I want to thank everybody for joining me on this journey and supporting this effort. And that's a wrap on another great story and another great year to help us create, grow, and protect our well. Fellow risk takers, let's celebrate that today we added one more person to our mission. That's you, to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.